Welcome to the Two Twenties Podcast, where your two best friends who are here to face the highs and lows of your twenties with you. I'm Abby and I'm Charlie and we chat about all things from dating dilemmas to motherhood and everything else in between. So let's sit down, have a laugh and enjoy this wild decade together. Hello guys, welcome back to the podcast. Now it is just me today and the reason being Abby and I just recorded basically half the episode our wi-fi lagged we did we still wanted to give you guys an episode today and today's episode is a wedding episode so we thought well i may as well re-record give it still give it to you guys obviously a lot of the questions are directed at me today so we can still do it we can still salvage this abby is currently working on her wi-fi situation while i am recording so let's get into it firstly i'm going to tell you my highlight of the week i actually think i had covid all weekend i was bedridden and josh was playing away in england all weekend so solo parenting when i was extremely sick was not fun so it was a little bit hard to come up with a highlight of the week nevertheless i found one so last week i was on the phone to my parents and i was just telling them how much I am loving the stage that Bambi's in. She is nearly two. She'll be two in October. And gosh, I love the toddler stage so much. It is such a fun age. And although it's crazy and chaotic and exhausting, Josh and I even said to each other yesterday morning, this is by far our favorite stage. I love that I am kind of getting to see her become a little person and really part of this family and know, you know, our routine of, okay, it's time to put on your shoes now. It's time to go to daycare and her grabbing her backpack and her hat and going to the front door. That is honestly such a beautiful moment to see them learning. I love seeing her problem solving skills come to light and getting to watch that. So this is for any any parents listening who are in that stage of just struggling. I know definitely when I had more of a baby, I found myself having days where it was really hard and lonely purely because you don't have a human talking back to you in the day. You know, if you're at home with them on your own in the day, it can be a little bit harder. Whereas when they start to grow and and now having a toddler, having them being able to respond to you, understand with you, communicate with you, I have found this a really, really enjoyable stage. So that's my highlight of the week. And I think it's going to be my highlight for a little while now. Now let's move on to our wedding questions. You guys sent in quite a few questions and they were all really really great questions that i'm quite excited to answer so one of the main questions that you asked was what's the vibe where's the wedding at when is it so let's get into it without giving without giving away my exact venue in case there's any weirdos out there we are getting married in byron bay which is just such a beautiful beautiful place in australia we picked byron purely just because of this venue that we found that is so us it is relaxed and fun which is which is basically exactly the vibe that josh and i were going for we really just want a fun day that is definitely our main priority and we are getting married in november so 
basically we are flying home from France and we will be getting straight into the wedding festivities. The other question that you guys asked a lot, which is probably what I most wanted to talk about, is budget. Doing a wedding budget has been this has been the hardest part for us definitely the number we originally came up with has doubled on what we are actually spending so that has been hard to come to terms with and we definitely have been flipping and flopping over spending you know a generous amount of money because it is our one day that we are going to have a celebration of this size and saving our money and spending it on other things and we really have landed on This is our one day that we will ever, ever have a celebration of this size with all of our family and friends. So let's enjoy it. Let's have a really fun day. Keeping in mind that we have definitely sacrificed and cut costs on things that just aren't important to us. And I will go into some examples of things that we have cut a little further in the episode. Some things that, you know, really we aren't too bothered about. But let me get my budget notes up because I have written a lot of notes on this. I was dabbling whether or not to say our exact cost of the wedding. I know giving figures can be super, super helpful, especially for those brides and grooms who are just starting that planning and and budgeting phase. However, two reasons I don't think I'm going to share the exact amount is A, I think it really opens you up to a lot of opinions and B, I think it can be unhelpful for some people. However, I still really want to give a helpful episode so I will be giving a budget breakdown and some costs of some things that may be helpful. Also, I do want to add that I know there's a massive discussion at the moment over eloping or having a wedding and Josh and I really did think about this. I think also given that we're living overseas, we could kind of elope over here and just keep it low key. But again, our conclusion for this discussion was that this is our one time to have a big celebration. So it really is up to the couple and what they value. I know some people absolutely value travel way more absolutely value a house or a car or saving money for the children you know so it really really is up to what you want to do and I think you need to think on that for a good couple of months before deciding because of the cost of weddings at the moment they have gone up exponentially I was gobsmacked I've heard people say that as soon as you mention the word wedding the cost doubles and let me tell you that is absolutely true for example the cost of our cake I can't even remember how much it is, but I know that I have ordered a similar cake for my dad's birthday and it was significantly different. We are not even having a cake that feeds everyone because our venue, I'm pretty sure they include dessert in the menu. We are just kind of having a cake to cut and have that moment rather than to feed everyone because the cost for a cake to feed everyone, one to 2,000. No, thank you, sorry. Okay, now let's get into my budget breakdown. So I have just listed our top eight costs in order because I thought that may be helpful. The top cost is obviously our venue. I know some venues are kind of all-inclusive. They include food, alcohol, maybe some chairs, styling, etc. Our venue is just the venue and the food, which we were quite happy about because we were more than happy to supply our own alcohol. I will give the cost of our venue and the cost of our venue is $30,000. 
Uh, at the time, we thought that was an absolute steal. I don't know why. I think we just didn't realize how many extra things there was to pay for. I guess we looked at that number and we thought, right, that's the <laughs> that's the wedding done. So there really, really is so many little, and even the little things that you're like, oh, that's only $250. That's only $500. Once you add them all together, it's thousands and thousands. So yeah, looking back, I've been told that's a very average price but I don't know if I agree with that. The next biggest cost is alcohol because we supply our own, the venue doesn't. And Josh and I don't really like the taste of kind of beer or wine. We much prefer yummy drinks, you know, cocktails, zeltzers even. So we're going to be providing drinks that we enjoy. After all, it is our wedding. We want to be loving what we're having. So that's definitely why that cost has skyrocketed a little bit. But again, we want to be able to enjoy it. So that was a priority for us. I know a lot of people do only provide a certain set of drinks to save costs, which is an absolutely great idea. So it really, again, it is up to your priorities, which I really encourage you and your partner to decide on what your priorities are prior to planning. So you know, where your money is going to go and where it doesn't need to go. The next biggest cost is the photographer. I'm actually still in the process of selecting a photographer. I am after a bit more film photos, black and white, some kind of more candid photos basically. Josh and I both don't really want to be posing for too long. So we've requested with our day coordinator to kind of only allow a maximum of an hour of photos amongst ourselves and with our bridal party and parents we we just really don't like standing and taking photos for too long especially we just don't want to miss out on the day so just trying to find a photographer at the moment for more candid photos the next biggest cost that we have is hair and makeup for my bridal party for makeup I am doing a trial before because I'm over here I'm kind of doing a trial the day before or maybe two days before I can't remember which is definitely a bit risky but I'm I'm probably just going to ask for the absolute bare minimum. I don't suit heavy makeup just due to my fairer skin. So hopefully that's all good. And then the next biggest cost styling. So the chairs, just all the little bits and bobs that are going on the tables. Then we've got the videographer. I actually am speaking to a videographer at the moment who I think they're just going to film on the day and then I'll edit the footage. So they'll just send me the raw footage. And the reason being is I love doing that stuff. I absolutely love it. And I also don't want just a three minute video. I want lots of little shorter clips. I know if we just have one three minute video, we probably will watch it once a year. Whereas if I've got all the other individual little clips, I think I will get a lot more usage out of it. And that basically is also slashed my cost for the videographer in half. So that's a really good hack. If you know, you feel comfortable editing and I also like that it kind of gives you a little bit of creative control over how you want the video to be. I am also asking the videographer to film in portrait mode as opposed to landscape. I just, again, will think that we'll get a lot more 
usage out of it. The only kind of landscape I guess you'd watch it on is maybe your TV. So yeah, I would just like to have it on my phone and be able to watch it a little bit easier. The next cost is flowers. I have a girlfriend who's a florist doing the flowers for me, which I'm so excited because I've always wanted her to do my flowers for something and now I finally can. And Honestly, I wasn't too fussed about the flowers. I, I really just hadn't had much thought. I kind of said to her, just do whatever. And now that she sent me the presentation, the little camp presentation, I am so excited. Flowers are actually really expensive because obviously the cost of the flowers, but also creating all the little bouquets and arrangements takes so much time. Having a friend who's a florist, I know how much time goes into it. So I wasn't kind of taken back by those costs I was expecting them but I have also said to her a couple of things just to get rid of to save costs and also she will be repurposing the flowers from the ceremony then to cocktail hour then to the venue inside for the reception so I'm not kind of doubling up on costs so that's a that's a great way to save okay let's move on to priorities and things we sacrifice to tie in um, with the budget. So one thing we just didn't care about, which I know a lot of people have, and then they get cool photos and have a really cool moment, is special cars to and from the venue. So you getaway car or arrival car, but our venue is quite close to where we are staying. And I know from being at the venue multiple times that where you kind of park and then walk, no one, no one ever sees the car basically. So we just didn't bother about that at all. We'll be pulling up in my MG, Bambi in her little baby seat in the back. So that actually said, I think it was going to be like $1,000 or something for a couple of cars to and from the venue. So that was a great way to save and it doesn't bother us whatsoever. We also aren't doing wedding favors and... I know there's such a nice gesture for your guests, but our nice gesture is the wedding. You know, having a beautiful meal, a beautiful day, beautiful drinks, that is what we're seeing as our nice gesture. So sorry to our guests, but there won't be any prezzies at the end. The next one, which I mentioned, is we're having a small cake just for cutting. It's not gonna feed everyone. And then another thing that we originally wanted was a photo booth. Now we really just needed to cut back the cost. I'm pretty sure that was around a thousand so instead we're going to get about five or six disposable cameras so that will only cost about 100 or 200 dollars for the cameras and then also to get the film developed and also that'll be a really fun way to get photos all throughout different places during the night so that's another savings tip as for kind of our priorities and non-negotiables we've both been relatively cruisy I honestly thought I would be a lot more high maintenance when it came to my wedding I mean I hope my vendors agree with this but I really haven't been I think there's just so much to think about that the best way to approach it is to try and have as least expectations as possible and just remind yourself that no matter what, it is going to be a good day. No matter if you have this flower or this flower, it's going to be a good day. I just keep trying to remind myself of that when, you know, I have to cut things in our budget. But the one non-negotiable that Josh had was an acoustic player. And I know you guys asked DJ or band, we have got a soloist guitar player for our ceremony and for our cocktail hour. 
And then we've got a DJ for after the formalities and once we start dancing and all that, which we really wanted to have that different sort of atmosphere throughout the night and have it change from a more relaxed to let's get up and dance, everyone. Okay, now someone asked about unconventional things we're doing. I'm sure there will be more that come up that I just haven't thought of that I can say after the wedding. But the few that I can think of is both my mum and dad are walking me down the aisle And the reason I chose this as I believe they both deserve the honor of giving me away because they've both raised me equally and I think that'd be a really nice moment for us. So I'm very, very excited about that. When I asked my mum, she started crying. My dad, he knew when I said for him to walk me down the aisle. But my mum, she she was just cooking dinner, cutting vegetables. And I was like, mum, do you want to walk me down the aisle as well? And she's crying in the kitchen in truly and form. And it was really, really beautiful. So I know how much she appreciates that. Next thing, no flower bouquet toss, just not for me. I'm also not having a maid of honor. I just have all my bridesmaids and I just, I didn't want want someone to feel a massive extra responsibility to organize things and to take on burdens. And I just didn't feel like putting a hierarchy in place. I know a lot of people, maid of honors are a no brainer, whether like, you know, you've got a sister, that's just a hundred percent it. But yeah, I just didn't feel like picking. Another thing that I'm doing that I guess, It's probably more common now, but bridesmaids in different style dresses. I said to the girls, just this is the color. Why don't you all pick a style that suits you? And I've also said to them, just show the hairstylist whatever hair you want. Because I know I prefer my hair in some ways. And I know that that the girls are all the same. So I don't want them ever. I just want them all to feel really, really happy and confident on the day. So whatever hairstyle, whatever style dress they want to wear is what I'm going with. And as I mentioned before, the other thing is just a super duper short photo time we don't want to miss out on any moments on our wedding so we'll we'll have a short time there one of the other questions was what are some bridesmaid proposal ideas so I'll delve into what I did for my girls so I was about to leave for France so I didn't have time to order I know a lot of people order those kind of pre-made bridesmaid proposal boxes I didn't have time to order anything so I actually made my own And this turned out to be a lot more cost effective and just more fun and personal. So what I did was I just bought white boxes. You can get them from, you know, your hot dollar, Kmart, Target, Big W should have them. But mainly I feel like hot dollar news agencies have them. Got some white tissue paper and then I kind of just mix and matched what I put in. The girls were laughing that the box was very me, which is very selfish of me to do, but I put in slippers, eye mask, a like sleep time oil scent, a white coffee mug, I think it was. And there was one other thing I can't remember, but basically it wasn't till after I'd made them that I, I realized they were very sleepy, sleepy boxes. So I was definitely channeling myself. I should have popped some champagne or something in there. But yeah, that was quite cost effective. I got most of my little knickknacks from, I bought one of them, one of them online from like an Iconic or something. 
And then the eye mask and whatnot, I'm pretty sure was from Target. So again, it wasn't too expensive and I thought it was a really nice gesture. I also hand wrote their cards. I just got uh, a gold inky pen. I think that was from the Hot Dollar as well. So yeah, that's a really good way to make it personal and cost effective. Another question was, where are you honeymooning? We have not organized a honeymoon And I honestly don't think we will organize one to go straight after the wedding. The reason being is we don't know where we are going to be this year, next year. So we have to hold out with that. And we're also really struggling with the idea of being away from Bambi. I I never thought I'd be that parent, but the idea of being away from her for a week or so is just something we can't come to terms with just yet. I definitely know we'll go somewhere tropical though I feel like that is definitely us I I envision a honeymoon laying on the beach or by the pool reading a book having a little cocktail and not doing much else someone asked how have Josh and I gone with the planning funny you say that Josh actually said to me last night Charlie you don't need to share every single Canva presentation with me you can just show me and I think that is a great depiction of what I am like in the planning I am the creative director he is the finance man so when we have a little planning night I get my laptop up I've got Canva presentation upon Canva presentation and he has got the little budget spreadsheet so I think we make a good pair there I just love making mood boards for everything I'll make a mood board if I have a girlfriend coming over for dinner I'll make a mood board if I'm going on holidays for my outfits I'll make a mood board for our bedroom styling I am a mood board queen another reoccurring question is two different dresses or one I have not organized my wedding dress I've basically organized every single aspect of the wedding other than that the reason being I was about to purchase my dress online taking my measurements and I was going to purchase it and get it shipped to France and then basically try it on, get it altered if need be, and then take it back to Australia. And just as I was about to press purchase, in little tiny writing, it said that I was going to be charged $2,000 upon arrival. That's on top of what I was already paying. And the reason is that in France, that is how they pay their taxes So you don't really pay much tax on your income, I believe. I hope that's right. But you do, like they have hectic taxes on your deliveries. So if we ever get anything shipped, I know Josh got some clothes from a brand in Australia shipped here and they whooped him with $150 in taxes upon arrival. So we kind of just don't ever online shop anymore. So I didn't end up getting that dress because there was just I just could not bring myself to spend the money plus an extra 2000 So I'm back to square one. I'm thinking of just finding something in Australia when I get home. I know that is really cutting it fine. Okay, that's probably cutting it really fine. Okay, that's, that's definitely on the to-do list to work out. To answer your question, I'll have a longer dress for the ceremony and then I just, all I want for kind of after the formality is comfortable I want to be able to dance I want to have comfortable shoes on I want to not feel like you know my top's falling down or things are falling out I just want comfortable how many guests are you having we are having 70 guests and 
this and this is basically just family and close friends we are so so happy with this amount because every single person that is coming we love so so much and we think that the bunch of people we've got and that the size and group of people are just unreal it's going to be the best night we did find it a little bit hard to cut some people because 70 actually isn't a lot when you start adding your family and and close friends it basically that's where it ended for us but you know what at the end of the day the wedding is just extremely expensive and we really wanted everyone there we wanted just for lifers you know those people that we will never ever be like oh gosh why did we invite them we haven't spoken to them in, in a while now so everyone there we feel like that someone Asked, how difficult was it for you and your partner to find your venue and agree on the same venue? We looked for a few months and I found this part stressful because I felt like everything was booking out and I was on a time limit and I was freaking out a bit that the one that I wanted would then not be available for a couple of years and we really wanted to get married kind of within the year. And then we found this venue that we've got and instantly we knew it was absolutely perfect it was so us the venue felt absolutely perfect when we're looking at photos then we booked a tour tour sorry a viewing and when we went we had the most magical time at this venue we arrived the actual owner was there and he was telling us that his parents bought this property because his dad was from Queensland, his mum was from New South Wales, and they kind of felt like that was in the middle. And I thought that was so beautiful because I'm from New South Wales, Josh is from Queensland, and it's kind of in the middle for us. I felt like that was a little sign, just first thing off the back. The owner honestly walked around the whole property with us for an hour he made us a coffee he told us all the history and why this venue was so special to him and he really really sold the venue to us as well as the venue selling itself with the amazing views and we left that we basically got in the car looked at each other and we were just like wow let's book it in immediately we honestly didn't even wait a minute before emailing him saying yes we want to book it we were originally booked in on i think it was a friday and i was so happy because i loved that day i loved the date as well and then i think we're booked in for like two or three weeks and then it hit me we were booked in schoolies time so we Byron is huge to have so many kids there for schoolies and we were the middle week of schoolies and I thought we can't have this a flights and accommodation are going to be so expensive and hard to get for our guests B, basically because we're going to be up there for a week for the wedding everything is going to be booked out and schoolies kids running rampant so I thought we can't have this so we actually had to pay a change of date fee to change our date and our day, which was a bummer. But anyway, it worked out in the end. At least I didn't find out on the week that there was all schoolies kids everywhere and we couldn't get into any places. So basically we didn't have any difficulty choosing. We both absolutely loved this venue and we didn't have any other feelings like this sounds very dramatic but feelings like this for any other venues so once we saw that it was a no-brainer for us someone said that they are thinking of doing a surprise wedding at their engagement any tips i think this is such a great idea mainly just because of the cost of weddings at the moment they 
have just skyrocketed. So doing this is just a great way to save. It's a great surprise and experience for your guests. Tips, hmm, I don't know. I don't have any tips for this, unfortunately, because I haven't done it. I've never thought about it, but I think it's a really great idea. Someone asked, what celeb wedding are you taking most info from? Okay, guys, do we even need to ask. We all know I love Sophia Ritchie. I think the whole world does at the moment. So I definitely, I wouldn't say I'm taking inspo because her budget is very, very different, but I really, really loved her wedding. And I guess I'm taking, I really do like her hair and makeup. So I may do something like that. I need to decide. I need to decide on that and I need to do a, a trial. Someone also said, not a cue, but Sophia Ritchie wedding south of france in april so that's s-o-f-i-a good wedding planner i saw this and i thought wow i don't know if it was intentional surely it has to be but it's very very clever okay that's most of the wedding questions done i hope i've helped some people who have just started the planning process and if you do have any other questions we will definitely do another part or on this little series now i will get into the pep talk we'll still keep a regular programming even though it's just me so this one is a little bit of a longer one so get comfortable everybody i thought i would email my dilemma as it's a bit of a long one keep my name anonymous yes of course for context i am almost 21 i go to uni which is an hour and a half away from me i started halfway through last year so i'm about to finish my first year i'm living with my two best friends and three other girls on campus i absolutely love my course and i'm currently doing it all face to face on campus my boyfriend who i've been with for a year and a half lives back in my hometown in his own house. My family also live back in my hometown too. My dilemma is that I have been struggling this semester of being at uni and away from home and my boyfriend and family. Living with my two best friends has really been different this year compared to last. I feel like they are way closer to each other whereas before we were all close and did a lot together. I do go home on weekends to be with my boyfriend and that doesn't bother me at all because I have a lot going on there at home so I'm always busy. Whereas when I stay at uni for the weekend, I don't have any other friends. One of my best friends who I live with said to me that she had been talking with our other best friend slash housemate and they both think I should move home as I'm really sad. It's in quotations. She told this to me and I was really shocked. Firstly, because of the way she said it and because they've both noticed I've been a bit sad and haven't asked if I'm okay. I do have some health issues, so I'm quite sick often and that's really hard. And my family life is great now, but it used to be a bit tough and they know this. I just was really hurt knowing that they think I should move home. I discussed this with my boyfriend and he really wants me to move in with him. I'm there at his house most weekends and I love it. He is literally my best friend so being with him at his house each weekend is so fun. We have a really stable relationship and I lived with him when he first bought his home at the start of last year but my mum was not happy about it. I haven't spoken to my mum about moving home and living with my boyfriend and she does not support it. I love my mum and she is quite protective of my sisters and I, but she is really not happy with the idea of me moving home. She knows I've struggled making friends at uni and don't have much else going on during the week when I'm there. She is really happy for me staying there, but I'm actually so unhappy. I ideally would like to move home and live with my boyfriend, but I don't want my mum to hate me. I will continue to online uni and I already have a job at home which I can come back to. She said she is worried that if I move in with my boyfriend and things turn bad, she's worried about the repercussions of it. So, 
My dilemma is, do I A, move home and explain to my mum my reasons for living with my boyfriend or B, move back home, live with my parents to keep my mum happy or C, do I just stick it out and stay at uni when I'm not happy? Alrighty, my thoughts on this, I look at this two ways. Obviously, being a mother, I look at it in your mum's way as well. I think if Bambi was older and she was in this situation, I would definitely be a little bit concerned about if things ever do go south, what happens from there. But then I also see it in your way and know that your happiness comes first. I think you need to talk about it with your mum and explain to her, be completely honest. You know, I think if Bambi came to me and said, mom, I'm really, really unhappy. These are my reasons for wanting to move. This is just honestly how I feel. And really, really explained it and explained her feelings. I think that would help me kind of see her side. So my advice would be to do that, see how you go, see what she comes back with, you know, she might surprise you and understand you. And if she doesn't, I think you really, really need to work out what is the best option for you, taking into account your kind of career, school life, taking into account your feelings, taking into account your friends, your boyfriend, your family, what is going to be the best outcome for you. I hope that helps and we're thinking of you. Please keep us updated. We always love to be updated with pep talks that we give and we'll be back in your ears next week. Ciao, ciao.